Oscar, you remember the first board games we really started playing that kind of got us on this path to playing board games? Yeah, Munchkin Catan. Okay, yeah, I think that's about right. We got those early, just looking for something else to do. And they're games that still come out today. And some people call these um, gateway games, you know, games that people start playing and then keep playing. So I thought today maybe we could review a couple gateway games, um, looking at Catan, King of Tokyo, and Dominion. What do you think? Yeah! All right, so let's do it. Welcome to Board with Family Games. I'm your host, Justin. And I'm your host, Oscar. Every month we come to you to review a ga- games that we love to play so that uh, or with our family so that you can share them with your friends and family. For more information on our podcast and the games we review, visit our website. Boardwithfamilygames.com. That's for you, A-R-D, with familygames.com. And there you can get links to our podcast. You can see previous, episode, or previous episodes to listen to. And just learn more about us. Also, you know, please make sure that you are following us on Facebook, Twitter, and of course, subscribing to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So, Oscar, tell us quickly about these three games and why we picked these three. Well, they're all games that are pretty well known. And aren't extremely complicated. Okay, so it feels a little strange to do a review on Catan since so many people are familiar with that or at least have heard of it, right? Yeah. But hopefully the goal of this episode is to get you thinking about a few different types of games that maybe if you haven't jumped in, haven't started playing, maybe we can find the gateway game for you um, to get going with. So uh, sit back, listen to a word from our sponsor, and we'll come back to tell you about these three games. We would love for you to sponsor us. So if you're interested in board games, please sponsor us. And we'll be trying to probably sell some board games for anyone who's interested in them. And just contact us at our website, Board with Family Games. That's B-O-A-R-D with familygames.com. And just contact us and... Sponsorships would include an ad spot right here on our podcast every week. We'd love to have you join us. All right, Oscar, tell us about the first game we're going to review today. Um, So the first game we're going to review is Catan. And the idea of the game is your seller trying to sell this uninhabited island. Okay, so this is um, Klaus Tuber's Catan Um Currently available from Mayfair Games. It's been around for a while. It's been under a lot of different names. Settlers of Catan, Catan, um, just different things. The version we have is just Catan. So um, tell us a little bit about what that entails, though, buddy, as you try to settle this new land. Well, you have to gather resources to build your settlement cities and roads. Okay. And then each settlement and city gets you more resources to then use later on in the game. Okay, and so how um, does it actual winning, what does that look like? Um, you need 10 victory points, and you get those from your from some cards, from your settlements, and your cities. Okay, so basic um, idea, you're building your uh, settlement, but along the way you're picking up these points, you get 10, you win. Yay! All right, so tell us about the look and feel of the product. What does this look like? Um, well, I'm pretty sure it's painted, and I mean, 
And it's got these wood, little wooden pieces. Tell us of the board, though. The board's kind of um, funky. Um, it's actually a bunch of different rearrangeable hexagons and kind of a puzzle piece border. Okay, so you put that border together and then the inside shifts around every game, right? Yeah. Okay, so you're never playing the same game twice. You are always able to change up that landscape. We actually use an app to auto-generate it for us just to make our lives easier, right? Yeah. Okay, so that's what the game looks like. Pretty simple. Um, what? How does a general turn work? Um, first, you roll to see if you produce to see what resources get produced. You have these two little dice. You roll them, and then the, you take the two numbers, you add them together, and the hexes that have that number on them produce resources. Okay, so you have all these hexes. Each has a number, one through, or two through 12. Whatever you roll, those are the resources that you get that turn. And every, yeah. every player gets them, yeah. right? Yeah, and you might not even get resources. Then you spend resources to build roads, settlement, buy cards... And then you pass. All right. So pretty simple. You roll, you get some resources, you move on. Um, there are, you know, by the time it gets back to you, you will have had a few turns. Hopefully you will have gotten some resources as other people are um, rolled their die. And then when it's your turn, you'll hopefully get to build some stuff, right? Yeah. All right. So basically it's a strategy game. Are figuring out how you're going to get those resources, setting up your settlement, and then going for the different ways of getting points. Can you give us some examples of the different ways that you get points? Okay. So there's a few kind of achievement tablet things that give you two points each. And the longest road, so if you have the most c continuous road, you get two victory points. Largest army, if you have the most night cards played, Three. Once you've hit three, you get two victory points. Okay, so you can when you're building things, you can build towns, you can build roads, and then you can build random cards that either have, as Oscar said, maybe a knight or... Like, get you resources. Okay, get you resources, get you victory points, just different things, so you're um, making your decisions as you go. So that's pretty much it. It's pretty simple. Um, you can get into it very quickly. There's a little bit to learn. The most um, probably daunting part for me playing it is just what do you do with that board the first time? But the book lays it out pretty nicely. And unlike some of the games that we play, I would say we're very rarely referring back to the um, book, right? Yeah. I mean, we just never do. Okay. So this is a game that's pretty easy to learn. It is for um, three to four players. It plays really well with three. It plays really well with four. We actually just picked up an expansion that allows it to go up to five or six because this is a great game that we still love to play. We love playing with grandparents. We want to have um, a chance to play with a few more people because we play it all the time. Yeah. Um, it takes about an hour probably. Um, there, yeah. To, to play so it's not too long but it's also not that short um and as i said it's real easy to get into so you can get this um pretty much at any um store it's widely available and so you can get it going and playing very quickly um what about family strife um there can be some if there's definitely a bit if you get a settlement where you're racing for a settlement and you build a settlement or you steal the longest road. Okay, so you can block people from things. You can um, 
do that. There's also a something we haven't mentioned, a mechanic called the robber, which um, is a little pawn that moves around the board that blocks out certain areas from getting resources and allows some cards to be stolen. Yeah, it's really helpful. It's really helpful, but it can be a little frustrating, especially when, say, people keep blocking... One the one spot. One spot. So maybe you can you're you have one place you can get brick and everybody knows that, so they keep putting the robber on the brick spot so that you can't get any brick. So there can be some frustration from that, but widely not too much. Um there are so many expansions for the this game. Um Yeah, there's like five. Yeah, there so if you kind of get through playing Catan and you like you say, hey, we want to do some more, you could add on different expansions for it. I will tell you, we bought the Seafarers expansion. We enjoyed it. But then after a little while, we just went back to playing regular Catan. We really like the base game. Yeah. I mean, we've only picked up the two, the one that gives the extra players and the Seafarers. So the other ones might be different. Yeah. But anyway, we, we found that the base game is just great as it is. You don't necessarily need an expansion to enjoy it unless, of course, you want to play with five or six players. So this is a classic for a reason. A lot of people um, use this as or it's one of the first kind of more complicated games that people get into. And it's something that we love and keep going back to. Yeah. All right. So, Oscar, should people play it? Yes. All right. OK, Oscar, what's next? King of Tokyo from Richard Garfield by ILO Games. So in King of Tokyo, you're a monster, cyborg, robot, alien, and you're trying to conquer Tokyo. You do this from gain points, killing the other monsters. Okay, so it's kind of a playback on a Godzilla movie type idea. Giant monsters um, attacking each other in a city. Yeah. Okay, so as you said, the um, it, it's kind of a king of the hill game. Um, whoever can be on top be king of Tokyo, um, and then it's um, go again over how you end up winning the game. Okay, so you win the game if you get to twenty victory points. So you get that from rolling your dice, draw, buying cards, or you try to kill your opponents. By rolling dice and buying cards. Okay, so it's a dice rolling game. Yeah. Um, so you are going to be attacking. You get points for attacking um, and put, doing damage to other players. And then, um, of course, if you kill, kill them, them, then you win. So you can, um, there's player elimination in this. You can be knocked out of the game if it's going poorly for you. Yeah. So if you're just sitting in Tokyo, you will die. All right. So there's basically two areas. You're either in Tokyo or you're not in Tokyo. The goal is, of course, to be in Tokyo. The more you're in Tokyo, the more points you get. But then you also are kind of the target of attack and you're getting hurt, right? Yeah. Okay, so we said it's dice rolling. How do these dice work? Explain that to us. Well, like all dice, they're six-sided. And they have one claw side. And that, that deals damage. They have a lightning bolt, which gets you these little cubes that are basically money to buy cards. You can get these hearts, which heal you, unless you're in Tokyo. And then there's these numbers. There's a one, two, and three. And if you get three of three of a kind of one number, you get fat numbers, victory points, plus one for each more of that number you roll. Okay, so if you roll five, or I think it's six dice, you roll six threes, you get six points. Yeah. Cool. 
So the um, you're doing this. It's very it's Yahtzee rules, right? So you're yeah. um, you roll the dice, then you get to keep whichever ones you want, roll them again, keep whichever ones you want, and then roll it a third time to make up your move in that turn. Yeah. And then what kind of things do these cards that you can buy do to power up your monster? Well, sometimes you lose points and get victory points. Sometimes it's kind of a, if this happens, you get victory points. It could give you more health. It could heal you. It could it could do a bunch of things. Okay, so there's lots of different things out there. Explain what these monsters look like to us. Explain the art of this um, game. Okay, so the monsters are like there's kind of a King Kong ish monster. There's actually a giant robot cat, a robot dragon, which is kind of similar to Godzilla. Um, there's actually a like humanoid space penguin, and then there's just a weird alien guy. Okay, so it's all kind of cartoony, goofy um, stuff, and the cards are goofy too, right? Yeah, they're random monsters just using a thing. <laughs> so they got monsters with strange power-ups. Okay, so... Um, Tell us a little bit about um, how complex this game is. Um, it's not very complex. You play in 30 minutes or less, and it, you roll dice. You It's Yahtzee rules. You sometimes buy cards yeah, as so, your turn. So it's, there's not a lot of our decisions to be made in a turn. You decide you know, your first roll will kind of give you an idea of what you might want to do. And then after that, you um, kind of go from there to decide what you're going to focus on. Yeah. Um, how about number of players? What have we found? Um, you want more than three players. Yeah. This game is technically two to six players, but I'll tell you, two and three players, we've really not had that much fun with the game. Yeah. It's better for five, six players. Yeah. But I, I think the basically in the end, you have these... Since everybody's attacking each other in the game, if you just have two to three players, it um, there's not enough playing off of each other. So it just kind of goes real fast. You don't really have much strategy. The more players adds a little bit more strategy to the game. Yeah. Also adds a little bit more time. You know, it's about 30 minutes. It might take a little bit longer if you have all six players down. But we've had a lot more fun playing this game since we started playing it with five players. That's been a lot of fun for us. And so yeah. that's when it comes out for us is when we have a number of players. And it's easy to introduce to other people because it's pretty uh, basic. People pick up on this idea pretty quickly. Yeah. Because there's a lot of games like it that they've um, may have played before. Um, what about frustration? Um, if someone kills you, or if it feels like people are ganging up on you, though you can't easily gang up on people. I mean, it's extremely difficult. Yeah, because if you're in Tokyo, you're instantly ganged up on. But then if you're not in Tokyo, it's hard. It's almost impossible to be attacked. Yeah. So it's. Um, yeah, you're not really get feeling ganged up on most likely throughout the game. Obviously, as Oscar has said a few times, this is elimination. So if you're playing with five people and somebody gets knocked out real fast, that will be frustrating for that one person. But at 30 minutes, you know, you can probably wrap it up and then start again. And maybe that person will have a little bit better luck the next time. They might even win. Exactly. All right. So should people try playing this one? Yeah. All right. Great. So, um, 
again, you know, very different style game, more of that attack, more um, King of the Hill, not as much of a strategy as Catan, but a different sort of game that you can get right into and enjoy with your friends. What's the third game we want to talk about today? Dominion. All right, what's this? Well, Dominion from Real Grand Games is actually kind of the father, the creator of deck building games. It was the first one ever. Okay, so if you've been listening to our episodes, you know we love us some deck building games. We have more deck building games to come in future episodes, but that's one of our favorite genres of games. What are some of the deck building games that we've um, reviewed before? Um, Dune Imperium. We've, yeah, we reviewed Everdell. Yeah. Um, Everdell. Oh, no, that's not, yeah, that's not a deck building game. Yeah, what other ones? Hogwarts um, Battle. Oh, yeah, yeah, that is deck building. I think those are the primary ones. But as I said, we've got a couple more coming up. Um, So it is deck building. Talk us through what the goal of this game is, though, and kind of the theme of it. Well, you're a ruler of a tiny little kingdom, and you're trying to build your kingdom into this glorious, huge kingdom. Okay, so it's um, basically as you're trying to rule your dominion. Yeah. All right, so how do you go about doing that? Well, you – you, so you start off with a weak deck. You have some money, weak money, just these little copper coins. You have a couple weak victory point cards. And then you buy cards that give you actions. You can buy better monies, at, and eventually you'll even buy more victory point cards. Okay, so this is – all cards. There's like nothing else in this game. No, the only thing other than cards is this little cardboard trash thing. <laughs> it's literally a board that says trash, and that's where you cards go when you trash them. Yeah. I uh, mean, it's got some art on it. Yeah. So uh, what's the art like on this? Give us a, a um, Kind of a serious painting. Yeah, I will say I don't think I don't love the art in it, but I think the game's really cool. So yeah. it's um it's been one that we've enjoyed. Why don't you talk through how um to set up this game because it's a little bit more complicated than some of the games we've talked about so far in this episode. Well, okay, so you have this little deck of cards. There's one card from each type of card. You shuffle it. Each type of card. What do you mean? So you've got different cards that you can buy. Okay. It doesn't have the victory point cards or the money cards because those are in every game. And it's the cards that give you actions and effects. So you shuffle the deck and you deal 10 cards. Okay. And those are the cards. Those types of cards are all that you get in the game along with the money and victory points. Okay, so let me clarify this a little bit. So you have a number of stacks of cards that are going to be sitting out there. You will have some that are worth victory points. Then you'll have some that are worth monies, uh, copper, a silver, and a gold, obviously going up in value for each. Then these 10 cards Oscar's describing are kind of the um, core action cards of the game. And after you deal those 10 out, there's a stack of them. And so you go into your box and you find the stack of that type of card and you put those out. And those are that's your kind of bank of cards to draft throughout the course. Of, of the, the game. game, yeah. So you start with a simple deck. Mm-hmm. You um, talk through a turn. Okay. So on your turn, you draw five cards. These could have all kinds of actions. You get one 
action you can do. That's playing a card. Some cards will give you extra actions. Some things that cards do are let you draw more cards. They can give you money. They could give you an extra buy. They could hit they could like hurt your opponent in some way okay so you get to in your turn you have your five cards you get to do an action and then make a purchase yeah okay so if in your first hand you're probably gonna pull up five coppers four or five coppers and so then you're gonna look at what you can buy and you're gonna buy something that it's yeah. four or five coppers. But you can't buy multiple things. You can only buy the one thing. But then, yeah. as Oscar says, it could give you these things. And you can kind of build up chains where you can do multiple actions, multiple buy options in one turn if you want to. Yeah. So you could have, like, 50 coins and, like, seven buy actions. I mean, that's a long chain, but still. Yeah. So basically what you're doing is you're trying to build this um, – deck that allows you to do stuff and so all these action cards will allow you to do it you buy them they go into your trash or not your trash your discard and then you'll shuffle them up later and they'll come up in a future hand now one of the things you can buy are the point cards right yeah and these are absolutely useless until the end of the game they don't have actions the most you can do with them is discard them. Okay, so it's kind of a funny um, interaction there because you're trying to build this cool deck that'll do stuff for you, but you also have to buy these useless cards that just give you points. Yeah. So, I mean, there are some... Yeah, so they're, all they're going to do is give you a certain number of points at the end. All right, so... It's a balance. You need to have action cards. You can't just sit there and buy cards that will allow you to do or um, give you points because then you'll have the most useless stack ever. You have to balance between these two things, getting points and doing actions. And um, so that that's basically how the game works. You keep doing it until people have bought enough cards and you stop the game. You add up, you look at your deck, you add up all the points and whoever has the most points wins. Yeah. Okay, so um, what do you think about complexity for this? Um, it's not super complex. It's I'd say it's one of the more complex gateway games, but it's definitely not very, super complex. Yeah, you know, um, the cards are very clear. If you look at a card, it will say, um, here, I'll pull one out as an example, um, the library. Draw until you have seven cards in your hand, skipping any action cards you choose to set those aside, discarding them afterwards. All right, that probably doesn't make a lot of sense to you, but it's all clearly laid out on the card. Let me grab another one. Um, the Harbinger. You get plus one card and plus one action, and then you can look through your discard pile. So you get different actions like that, There, but all the instructions are laid out directly on the card so you can know exactly what you need to do. For each turn. So once you get familiar with it, it's not too hard to do. If you've played a deck building game before, you'll get the um, you'll kind of get the concept really quickly. If you haven't played a deck building game, it'll teach you. And then when you pick up your next one, you'll be like, oh, I get this. It's a deck building game. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> um, number of players plays well with two to four players. Yeah. There's not a Honestly, I don't think it goes above four players. No, it's it's two to four, and um, it go or you know the more players, uh, it's a little bit more complexity because pe there are more people interacting. But with two, it's just really quick. Um, about thirty minutes overall, right? Yeah. 
Okay, what about family strife and frustration? Um, sometimes it happens because there's, there's a few cards that we've ju- we just get a lot because they're really good cards. And they're normally attacked, so like there's one that just destroys your opponent's money. Okay, so that can be frustrating if somebody keeps playing those cards. We um, kind of jump on our attack cards very quickly. But they're not the most common type of card in the game. You might yeah, have... Yeah, you, you only have one or two. And yeah. It's yeah. very rarely. Good. And your random 10 cards, you might not have any. Um, so it's a, it, it's probably not a lot of frustration um, as you play through the game. Um, about 30 minutes... Quick game, great game. If you've ever wanted to try a deck building game, this is a good one. Expansions, there are a billion expansions. We haven't bothered uh, picking up any expansions, but there are a billion that add different types of cards that you can play as well. Yeah. All right, so should people play Dominion? Definitely. Thank you for joining us for our short reviews of Catan, King of Tokyo, and Dominion. For more about these games and all the other games that we review on this podcast, please visit our website. BoardWithFamilyGames.com. That's P-O-A-R-D with FamilyGames.com. And again, please visit our our Facebook page, our Twitter account, follow us, communicate with us, and of course, review us and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. So um, with that, I think we're gonna go. Maybe we'll play some Dominion. That's been it's been a while. Let's let's sit, pull that one out. Yeah. All right. So thanks for joining us. I'm your host Justin. And I'm your host Oscar. Bye.